I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I've only been doing this for five years. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm standing on the other side of my radio board, so I'm looking at this thing upside down. First of all, if I was any sort of smart, I would just turn it around. But if you watch this show, Nuana's Now, on television, you know that I go back and forth from sides of the table depending on if we have guests or not. When I'm in here by myself, I like to stand where I'm standing because then I can look at Andrew and I feel like I'm not just talking to myself. And uh, then we have guests. I go on the other side so I can control the whole board. Anyways, here I am, the smartest man in the world. You think I would realize this, uh, also having worked with Tommy Evans for five years. Tommy, being the expert radio engineer that he is, every single time he ever leaves a radio room, he not only turns off all the buttons, but he turns all the microphones down. That's what just happened. In the first, what probably seemed like six minutes to me and probably was only like four seconds to you. You're probably like, what the hell are you talking about, Coulter? Anyways, here we are. This is what you call, uh, I don't even know what you call it, a news bump? I had uh, a whole whole free-flowing monologue about Michael Jordan and the movies that I wanted to get into. And instead, we have a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about first. So welcome in. Hope you're having a great day. That was really mean of us or of them to tease us on Monday with the 81 degree day. I guess a day in the 70s where it reached into the low 80s for a brief moment in time. It hasn't been any sort of nice <laughs> since then. It was snowing all morning, so that's cool. Uh, hopefully that ends soon. But we got a bunch more movement uh, going on around the Big Sky Conference, so we're going to get into a bunch of that here uh, on Wednesday because. Uh, like one, two, three times a lady, big news out of the Big Sky Conference dropped right before we came on the air. We will get to some of my thoughts about the, the movie Air. It's phenomenal. Uh, I wish I could tell everybody that's listening to go see it. I, I was going to tell my brother and my sister-in-law to go see it with their kids. Uh, there's way too much adult language for that. That's certainly rated R, which is too bad because the story itself is awesome. But if you are a uh, a of age person that's uh, able to handle that sort of stuff. Certainly if you have teenagers, your your kids can handle it because it's not any sort of egregious. It's just bad language in the sports world. We've all been there. Uh, But I I do have some thoughts just about all of it. The story that they tell, the moment in time that the rise of Michael Jordan was, and sort of some thoughts on 
how we as humans navigate greatness, but also how we have this sort of repeating uh, self-fulfilling prophecy with our heroes, the way we build them up and the way we tear them down. So I have a ton of thoughts about the movie, but if you get a chance, go see it. It's really, really good. The NBA playoffs also started last night. Uh, me being the fool that I am, I thought that the Lakers were going to run absolute roughshod over the Minnesota Timberwolves because Rudy Gobert was out and because the Timberwolves are just not very good. They're not very well coached. Uh, they're just not very good. And, uh, I mean, they just look so bad on offense last night. The Lakers do pull out an overtime win, but it was by no means easy. If that's the Lakers team that shows up, they're not getting anywhere against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was a weird start to the NBA playoffs, but... The NBA playoffs are underway nonetheless, so we'll keep talking NBA playoffs as well. I've been teasing this forever, but we're actually going to do it. I have this great book, The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes uh, of All Time, but it's printed in 1954. We've got through all 146 pages, but we have one athlete left, so we'll do that today uh, to finish up our, our history lessons. It's taken us a little more than a year to get through all of them. Then hour number two, we're going to have a couple sound bites from Danny Sprinkle's press conference as he is officially announced as the head coach at Utah State men's basketball earlier this week. But, uh, you know, we'll share about six minutes of what he had to say. But our ESPN roundtable is not necessarily about that, but about using that scenario to get into a conversation of, moving up and moving on, and what the Big Sky Conference has provided in terms of a stepping stone, but also what it's done to respective programs when guys have moved on and moved up, and the success that a great many former Big Sky Conference men's basketball coaches have had. I went through and looked at all of the programs that have defined history in the Big Sky, particularly ones that have been in the league uh, for, for a good number of years. And from Montana to Portland State to Northern Colorado to Eastern Washington to Idaho to Weaver State, there's been a lot of great coaches that have graced the big sky in men's basketball. They've had enough success in the big sky to get elevated opportunities, and a great many of them that have had elevated opportunities have gone on and done really well. Some of the other guys that have, quote-unquote, moved up have done okay, and some have fallen flat on their faces. So I did actually an inordinate amount of research for this segment but I was totally geeking out going through all the coaching lists from all the history of Big Sky Conference schools. And there's about, I, I don't know, I haven't counted them up per se, but I would say there's probably 25 to 30 coaches that have coached in the Big Sky over the last 50 or 60 years that have then gone on to high uh, high visibility and, and high exposure jobs, including several guys they went on and coached in the NBA. So th there has been a lot of guys that have made stops in the Big Sky and then moved on uh, to varying degrees of success. So we'll put that in perspective for you because Danny Sprinkle is sort of the, the latest uh, of those guys. But he's the first from Montana State to move on and move up since Ott Romney did so way back in the 1920s. So it's been about 100 years since a Bobcat coach moved on to a different job. Almost all the coaches since then have either retired, like Stu Starner did uh, in the early 1990s, resigned, like Mick Durham did in 2006, or been dismissed, like Brad Hughes and Brian Fish were uh, preceding Danny Sprinkle. So a history of Big Sky Conference men's basketball coaches and what they did after having success in the Big Sky. That'll be our ESPN roundtable today. And then we'll also have our good buddy, Tucker Sargent, 
who also happens to be the head coach of the Grizzly Cross team. Grizzly Cross remains ranked in the top 10 in the nation. They're number six this week. They're 13 and two overall. They had yet another ranked victory, a 14 to five victory over Utah State, uh, who was the number 11 team in the country coming into their game uh, in Missoula last weekend. The Grizz are back at home this weekend for the first, or for, not for the first time, for the last time. It seems like the first time they've only had a couple home games so far this season, uh, but they have their last two home games this upcoming weekend. They play the College of Idaho Friday night at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and uh, then they play um, another match uh, on Saturday to wrap up the uh, the regular season. And uh, looking good inside track right now um, for the, the top seed coming out of the Pacific Northwest uh, Conference, but... Um, a couple big ones, including College Idaho. College Idaho is certainly a rival for Montana. They have been nationally uh, powerful. They are a top 20 team again, but they were the number one team in the country last year going into the uh, PNCLL championship game, and then Montana beat them, and some would call that an upset. The Grizz, I think, were ranked 12th at the time and bounced the number one team in the country, and that helped then spur on a great run uh, for Grizz, for Grizz Lacrosse uh, in the national tournament on the way to the Final Four of the MCLA Men's National Tournament. So we'll catch up with Tucker Sargent to preview the last uh, weekend of the season here in Missoula for the Grizz Lacrosse team. Snua is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Try to give you as many PSAs as I can around here. Here's a PSA that's a selfish one on my behalf, uh, or I guess to me. Cannon River Golf Course, baby. It's back open. Can't wait. They actually have been open for a little while, but they opened the full 18 holes. That's starting on Friday. Cannon River has been a great partner of ours, awesome supporters of ours, for even dating back from before my time here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, but certainly the five years plus that I've been here at ESPN Radio. Cannon River's been so awesome to us, and we spend a ton of time out there and have loved getting to know all those fine folks so, uh, like we've done throughout the last couple years, I'll be giving you course reports. Because, of course, I heard the the uh, course was going to be open all 18 holes on Friday. So, uh, we're going to get 18, maybe 36 in this weekend. I'm thinking a little Saturday-Sunday double dip sounds pretty good. So, I'll let you know what's going on there at the course throughout the summer. Uh, but it's always fun because we play in a variety of tournaments out there and um, get to spend time on the links with some of our great media colleagues and some of the people that you're very interested in that are involved uh, in Grizz Athletics and, and other people from around the community as well. So it uh, should be a fun summer once again at Canyon River. Appreciate them for their continued support of us here uh, at ESPN Radio. The news of the day, well, I thought there wasn't going to be any news that rivaled the news that dropped last night. That is that Cola Bad Bear one of the star basketball players, period, men or women, any level of basketball in the state of Montana, she has decided to use her final year of eligibility. She's joining Darian White in the NCAA transfer portal. So Bad Bear had been uh, sort of open throughout her senior season at Montana State that this would be her final season. This this most recent season would be her final season there at MSU. Then uh, after she celebrated senior night, indicating at the very least, like White, that her time at MSU was done. Then a couple weeks after Montana State lost in the conference tournament, Bad Bear did, as as many if not most of the, as they say, the kids these days, like they do, uh, she wrote uh, a very eloquent and very thoughtful post 
about her time at Montana State and how it had impacted her life and uh, thanking the coaches and, and thanking the fans and um, you know post some pictures. And I, I thought that that was sort of a, a sign-off, a see-you-later, a, a, a moving on to the next chapter. And she told a, a TV station in Bozeman that she was um, going to graduate and then pursue, maybe take a year off and then pursue a dental school. So following in the footsteps of a former Bobcat Fallon Freegie, uh, who's doing that exact same thing, former Big Sky MVP. But then last night, Bad Bear announced instead she's going to explore her basketball opportunities elsewhere, and she's into the portal as a graduate transfer with uh, a single season remaining. So uh, congratulations to her. I hope it's an awesome opportunity. She's certainly going to find somewhere that she can play, no doubt. You wonder how much of a priority she puts on school. Um, you know, does she just go to play at a program that has a great dental school? Maybe. Uh, or does she prioritize the basketball element of it? Goes plays one more year, just anywhere the highest level she can get to, and then maybe does the dental school thing. I- I'm not sure, but um, hopefully uh, she lands on her feet, finds her way. But uh, she's going to be a coveted prospect, certainly at least at the mid major level. Uh, Darian White probably has some high major opportunities coming her way. Cole Badbury, though, very good player, uh, two time All Big Sky selection. I didn't think anything was going to rival the news of that. That I don't know if this next couple rival the news, uh, just in terms of. Um, in Montana, because Bad Bear is certainly one of the most visible and likable stars in the basketball world in Montana. But from a Big Sky Conference perspective, certainly very impactful. Beyonce B was set to enter her fifth and final season at Idaho. She has more than 1,900 career points, so she was almost certainly, barring an injury, going to break Michaela Ferenz's all-time Idaho and Big Sky Conference all-time career scoring records. Well, last week, in one of the bombshells that's been just a, a seemingly endless string of bombshells coming out of the Big Sky Conference, Idaho dismissed John Newley. They parted ways where the guy had been their head coach for 15 seasons and won almost 270 games there at UI. Well, then, uh, less than a week later, Beyonce B., who's been a unanimous first-team All-Big Sky selection three years in a row, she enters the NCAA transfer portal, and that then means that there's basically nobody from the all-big sky list returning uh, in women's basketball. Uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuanas Now. Uh, Andrew, that's officially it. Carmen G. Filler, who's returning for her fifth year at Montana, I guess her sixth year at Montana, and Esmeralda Morales, who's going to be a junior at Portland State, those are the only two players from the first or second team All-Big Sky that isn't moving on, either graduating or uh, transferring. And uh, it's been a mass exodus on the women's side, not to mention Laura Bello, who's a talented sophomore at Idaho State. She was, a, I think, a third-team or an honorable mention All-Big Sky selection. Uh, she's also in the portal, but that that does not compare to the, the, the departure of Beyonce B, because Beyonce B is absolutely no question one of the great talents, not only in the league, but that the league has seen over the last 10 or so years. People in Missoula that watched Idaho here in the season finale for the Lady Grizz, they know she dropped 40. I mean, she's an absolute bucket. So um, what do we think of Beyonce B leaving, but also what do we think of sort of this, uh, this mass exodus out of the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, that was the last domino to fall, and and now you know that was the last player on the All Big Sky Conference first team who was coming back for next year, and now I mean who's left, Coulter? When you think about players who have been around for a couple of years, it's really Carmen G. Feller, and that's it. She's the only player with any real name recognition across the conference who's left left coming back. I mean, Esmeralda Morales 
sort of made a name for herself at the conference tournament. People that really follow the Big Sky Conference intensively, we've known that she's a player that's coming. But then she straight up outdueled Darian White and knocked the Bobcats out of the tournament by hitting seven threes. And you and I were sitting there in Boise saying, well, dang. Talk about an opportunity for Esmeralda Morales to be the queen point guard of the league with the graduation of Kalasia Dean. We thought Darren White was uh, for sure moving on, w- whether she was done playing college hoops or not, but we knew that she wasn't going to be in the league anymore, and then Regan Skank at NAU as well. So we knew Morales has a chance, but you're right. In terms of you know just the man on the street, the average Big Sky women's basketball fan, G. Feller is the only one with any real uh, brand name recognition. I thought you nailed your point yesterday, though, when you said, if, if the Big Sky really is a league that's uh, sort of become a feeder system for both players and coaches, wouldn't you rather have that than a, a league that isn't a feeder system for players and coaches? I do think we have to to reemphasize the nuance that goes with some of these transfers. Leah Beattie leaving Montana State with eligibility remaining is totally different than Beatsby, Darian White, and Cola Badbear, who all have graduated from their schools, been multiple-time All-Big Sky players at their schools, going and using their final year elsewhere. I, I, I don't think you could ever blame anybody for getting their degree and then going on an adventure. I mean, it just sounds like a great opportunity for all these young ladies. Yeah, and what does somebody like Darian White or Beyonce B from today? I mean, Beyonce B has scored 2,000 points <laughs> yeah, right. in the Big Sky Conference. She's earned the right to go and see whether her skills translate at a higher level and what that means for her potential professional career. Yeah. Now, it, it means we miss out on a ton of stuff because I think that watching her break Michaela Ferenz's record this year as she was on pace to do, it's just cool. It, it's it, cool it is. For us I want to ask you that, though, because we have not spoken to either of these young ladies, so I do not want to put words in their mouths. But I do think that, like, Darian White and Beyonce B both played the maximum number of games that you can play at a university if there wasn't the scenario that exists with this COVID year, right? They have both been starters since the moment they walked onto campus. They are each two of the, the biggest recruits that their respective head coaches have ever gotten, and they both lit it up at their schools at a historic rate. But I, I just have to wonder, and maybe this is just me romanticizing the situation, and maybe they don't even have any perspective on this. But if they do, I think that's awesome. I just wonder if they do have the perspective on this, and they don't want to be breaking these records when it isn't necessarily apples to apples. Even if they don't have any perspective on sure. it, though, I think it's great that they are going to go somewhere else. I would think that it would be weird, even if it would be fun to watch. It would be weird if Beyonce Speed just went and scored 800 points l- l- next year and just puts, you know, Shannon Schwain and Michaela Ferenz's records in her rear view by, like, a whole college basketball sure. season's worth of numbers. Yeah, I see that point of it, I guess. I, I don't really have too much of an opinion on that either way, but um, I guess the other thing that it's sort of, you know, maybe does has this gone too far for the Big Sky Conference? I mean, you got eight out of your top ten players from last season leaving. Half of those players are in the transfer portal. Records aside, it just sort of robs these players of the chance to write a full story of their careers at at one school. I mean, Beyonce B obviously has had success at Idaho, but they haven't really had the breakthrough team with her at the helm yet. Uh, And now, of course, all chance for that is gone. John Newley's out as well. It it just, it it shifts the narratives unfairly for some of the coaches too. Like, I'm not believing any sort of narrative other than that Seton Sobolewski is a great coach, but there is... Like, I guess what I'm saying is 
it's just really hard to have your program humming along at such a great level and then one domino leads to another. Like, Montana State's about to go through this. They're about to be the Big Sky Conference defending champions and have to completely revamp their rosters, just like Idaho State did last year. Yeah, I'm wondering what sort of effect is this going to have on the court, Coulter? And these are, like, real second-order effects. But if you're only building a team for one year, if you can only count on building a team for one year, are we going to see coaches start to... um, you know, employ more risky strategies, strategies with higher upside on the court. Uh, you know, I think this might be an issue for football, too. I mean, if you're only building a team for one year, take your chances with the team that you've got. You're not going to bring these players back for another two years, even if they're just sophomores. Or you can't count on that, at least. More Big Sky Conference talk throughout the week. I had a great conversation with my brother, Brooks Duanas. Maybe we can talk him out into coming on and repeating it. Or maybe I'll just use some of what we talked about for a further conversation with Andrew. But we got to get rolling because I have a whole bunch of other stuff to get to. We haven't even got through all your news briefs uh, of the day yet. One more on the women's basketball front. Gentile Jackson hired as the new head coach for Weber State Women's Basketball. Uh, she has been the head coach at Westminster which is a Division II school in Utah. She's been there for two years as the head coach, but she's been there for 13 years uh, overall. She played there and then was an assistant coach there and then took over as the head coach. Fascinating resume. She's one of the great high school golfers in the history of the state of Utah. She won five Utah State Amateur Championships when she was in high school. She played two sports at Westminster and then finished her college career as a golfer, not a basketball player. Then she was the golf coach at Westminster and then uh, got into basketball coaching. So uh, interesting. We'll come back to that in a minute as well. The last piece of news for you, though, here today on a Big Sky Conference note lands right here in Missoula. You're listening to Nuanas now on ESPN Radio here around Western Montana as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. This hit the inbox 13 minutes before we went live, so I was trying to get a tweet out there in the world before uh, we came and broke it down here. But Jacob McGowering, a guy who joined Montana with great promise and uh, great recruiting hype, he has officially announced his retirement. We talked about this on the show on Monday McGowan suffered a, a knee injury that was likely going to cost him most, if not all, of the upcoming season. He tore his ACL during spring. He's going to have to have surgery. The kid, though, has already earned his undergraduate degree. And so then today, the University of Montana released that he will uh, forego his final two years of football eligibility. He, uh, he got a redshirt even though he played a little bit as a true freshman in 2019. Uh, but he's a redshirt junior by eligibility, so he would have had two years of football remaining. At least he probably could have even applied for that COVID year. But either way, Jacob McGowan, a six foot five, two hundred and sixty five pound defensive end out of Cheney, Washington, a guy who had offers from across the Big Sky Conference, but as a son of a former Eastern Washington football player, uh, he announced his retirement today. So. Um, McGowering has had an interesting career. When he was a freshman, they put him in isolated pass rush situations. They only wanted him to play in four games, so he basically played against four pass-heavy teams in Big Sky Conference action. And because he didn't have any sort of assignment, it was just put your hand in the dirt, get after the quarterback, he was great. I think he had four sacks and uh, showed great flashes of what he could be. 
Then between that that uh, redshirt year where he played a little bit and then his sophomore year, there was the, the long break for COVID, and he put on a ton of weight. He got up to about 265 pounds. He's a big kid with really long arms. And as ironically, as he broke further into the rotation and got more plays defensively, he was having to do more of what Montana asks from its every down defensive lineman, which is a lot of stunting and slanting and sacrificing, eating up blocks so the linebackers and safeties can run free. So McGarren didn't have necessarily nearly the production that uh, maybe people expected, but part of that was just the position that he was playing. But make no mistake, coming into this year, uh, I think he was expected to play a big role for the Grizz. I think he was definitely going to be among their top group of defensive ends. Henry Noose and uh, Cale Edwards certainly also uh, in that top group as well. Hayden Harris, the transfer from UCLA, also probably in that top group as well. Um, So, you know, on on a big sky level, McGowan has not been any sort of like all-conference player or anything like that, but he is a big, able-bodied kid. You feel bad for him because I do think he was underutilized for the, the upside talent that he does have. I also... Just wonder if he would have been better if he wouldn't have gotten as big as he did. He he is he got really, really big. I think that helped him in the eating up block standpoint, but maybe not as much from a pass standpoint. But either way, I think this is a guy that the Grizz were counting on this year. So this I mean, I, I do think this is an impactful loss internally for Montana. Yeah, you don't want to go too much into the uh unfulfilled potential storyline here with Jacob McGowan retiring because uh, it sounds like he's heading off into the next chapter of his life. He's going to law school, or he's preparing to go to law school, so that's all great for him. He's already got his degree at Montana. But I think when you're talking about him on the football field, it is, for all the reasons that you said, just sort of a classic story of a guy who came on the radar early and and never really turned into what a lot of people thought that he could be. And, and you're right. I mean, this year... Uh, the Grizz were certainly counting on him. You know, the Grizz have had... That's one of the, the, the areas on the field where the Grizz have really struggled to develop players, right? I mean, at defensive end and on the defensive line, they've brought in a ton of transfers at those positions. Yeah. I think they were counting on Jacob McGowan to be a guy there this year, so maybe they wouldn't have to do that. And now uh, we'll see where they go. I mean, the Grizz have, have had success bringing in experienced transfer drop-downs on the defensive line in recent years. But now, I mean, are you looking at them to do that again? I would think we'll see a name there. I definitely agree. Uh, Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The final tale of the tape from McGowan, uh, he had three sacks in his true freshman year. He ends up his career with six sacks. Uh, he had, excuse me, seven, seven total sacks. I'm, I'm bad at math. Uh, he also had 13 and a half tackles for loss and uh, 69 total tackles, 30 plus tackles each of the last couple years, and uh, four tackles for loss last year, seven tackles for loss the year before. Uh, again, part of the the numbers are impacted by the scheme Montana runs. Part of it's because he was uh, in a heavy rotation with some of those other guys I just named. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't know though, Andrew. I think that Montana needs more defensive line depth. I think they need more defensive line depth on the interior though. Friday I only saw. I mean, Alex Gubner didn't play. I only saw one other guy who I would feel really comfortable with playing at any sort of a high level as of right now, and that's Jared Ramos. And they have gotten by with just the two guys on the inside for the last couple of years. But Eli Alford is a dang good player. I think he's an underrated player for Montana. So I think they need more D-line 
depth more towards the middle of their line. Um, but you, you subtract a body, and you absolutely need to figure out a way to replace that, whether it's internally or externally. Yeah, my thing is finding the guys on the inside is a little bit difficult, right? Well, I, for sure. I'm sure they'll look there, but I think that you, you can find a guy on the outside. Maybe you're not going to be able to find a guy who's, who's 280, 290 pounds who can play on the inside, who has the athleticism that you want that we see from an Alex Gubner. I mean, those guys, they're few and far between, right? And, and they're going to get a lot of opportunities. One of the fundamental ways Jeff Choate changed Montana State so fast was by bringing in these these Pac-12 defensive line transfers. Sure. Now, he had been the D-line coach at Washington, so he basically brought four of his dudes with him, sure. including you know Bryce Sterk multiple times all-league, Amandre Williams multiple times all-league, and Jason Skripos, uh, an above-average to, to really good defensive tackle in the big sky. Is that just a matter of circumstance? Uh, you know, or are people missing the boat in how impactful going and, and mining maybe guys that aren't getting on the field at Washington could be for your program? Well, you know, I think Montana's tried to do that a little bit as well. I mean, Joe Babros and Um, Justin Belknap. Justin Belknap, for sure. Those are the guys that I'm sort of talking about in conjunction with Montana. I mean, yeah, a lot of those guys are going to fall through the cracks at Power 5 schools because why do those guys end up at Power 5 schools? Well, because they've got a great frame and they have they have really good pass rushers, defensive line attributes coming sure, out of high right. school. But it takes a lot of work to get from having a good frame and maybe a good quick first step, the room to add more muscle coming out for of sure. high school, which for gets sure. you to a Power 5, to actually being able to play on the field at a Power 5. So a lot of those guys, I think, do fall through the cracks at that position. No, it is now ESPN Radio. We're going to keep rolling on this because I have a couple more questions on a Big Sky Conference note. Plus, I got some stuff to say about how poor the Minnesota Timberwolves utilize Anthony Edwards. NBA playoffs, Big Sky Conference chatter. Next, keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio. Certainly went to some concerts as a kid growing up in, in Montana. But usually they're like the big-time headlining concerts or like, you know, the ones down at the arena or the, or the football stadium. Uh, if you're talking about Missoula. Didn't really get into like the, you know, going to the local scene or, you know, going to the Top Hat or the Wilma until I was in college, you know, you know my late teens, early 20s. One of the first shows I ever stumbled upon at the top hat, was Donovan Frankenreiter. And he was uh, just sort of new, and and he was certainly probably getting some run on the trail, 103.3, Montana's Quality Rock, back in the sort of the early days of of the trail. But I had never heard of him before. And now here he is, and this is, you know, probably 15 years ago, and he's still, he's still uh, touring, he's still making music, he's still getting some run on the radio, and uh, he's coming back. To Missoula. He will be in Missoula, uh, actually at the Top Hat once again uh, on September 12th. That's a Tuesday. So, uh, Devin Almond and Donovan Frankenreiter. If you want, you know, just some lighthearted, good guitar, good lyrics, uh, it'll be a good show. It'll be fun. Always uh, fun kicking it down there 
at the top at. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I have this whole thing I want to talk about, uh, the movie Air and, and Michael Jordan, but I think we're going to save it because I, I want to have some space to breathe, some time to talk about it. Maybe we'll roll through it with Rajim Seabrook on Friday. I think that would be a fun uh, conversation. Rajim will, will join us on Friday, by the way, so that'll be fun. Uh, looking forward to getting Raj back in here. I want to keep talking Big Sky Conference, though, Andrew. The uh, news of the day, a variety of pieces of news from the day. Cola Bad Bear, Montana State, uh, outstanding basketball player the last couple of years. She is, instead of retiring or being done playing basketball, she's going to use her fifth year of eligibility that stems from the COVID year to uh, explore a fifth season elsewhere for Montana State. Beyonce B, the leading scorer in the Big Sky Conference last year, 22.5 points per game. Uh, a 1,900-plus point scorer at Idaho, and a young lady, if she would have returned to the Vandals, for her fifth year, would have almost certainly broken not only the Idaho career scoring record, but also the Big State Conference career scoring record. Laura Bello, who's from Idaho State, uh, by the way, B in the portal, using her eligibility elsewhere. Laura Bello, who was only a sophomore at Idaho State, she also is into the portal and uh, will transfer. So that's just the latest uh, in a long line of uh, entries. Now only Carmen G. Feller of Montana, Esmeralda Morales of Portland State remain as first or second team all big sky selections in women's basketball that's going to return next year. The other piece of news is that uh, Weber State has uh, a new women's basketball coach. Gentile Jackson hired to replace Valeta Harris. So now that means that there's uh, the following three job openings in big sky conference basketball. Montana State's men's basketball job is open. Danny Sprinkle moving on to Utah State. By the way, tonight or tomorrow, sometime, as soon as I get around to actually getting it all reported out, check out SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll have a, a little bit of information for you on uh, how the coaching search at MSU is going and who potentially is on the list, or at least names that are in the mix, as they would say. So check out SkylineSportsMT.com a little later on. But that job's open on the men's side. The Idaho women's job is open after John Newley's dismissal last week. On Sac State, women's basketball is open. They are the defending Big Sky Conference champions, Mark Campbell. Two years there, out to TCU. After leading Sac State to their first ever uh, regular season and Big Sky Conference tournament championships. Which, Andrew, of those three open jobs in Big Sky Conference basketball is the best job? Well, I think just generally, man, uh, a job at Montana or Montana State is the or the best jobs in the Big Sky Conference. And I think that, you know, all three of those jobs are interesting to me because all three of those jobs, right, you're filling in for somebody who has moved up, who has done well and gone on. Yeah. Two out of the three for sure. Idaho I mean, dismissed, but I mean, newly mutual parting of ways, wherever you want to spin it. Did a good job at Idaho. I no, mean, that's sure. been one of the most successful programs in the conference. For sure. So here's my thing is Montana State has been the same in men's basketball for basically all of time, all of the Big Sky Conference era, except when they had Danny Sprinkle. So I do think he's a really tough guy to replace. 
Sac State, the, their rise to their greatest season in program history didn't have anything to do with anything besides the formula that Mark Campbell operated with. And I actually think that you could use a similar formula there because it wasn't nearly as much about Campbell or his system. It was about the way they went about it. They went and just got a couple of the best players they could possibly find, got them to transfer to Sunshine, California, and uh, and just ran through it. And then Idaho, you do have this great foundation because John Newley was so great there, and he went to you know a handful of NCAA tournaments and won a lot of games. But there was really nothing before him. But he's been there for 15 years, so maybe it is a strong enough foundation to build upon. They also have the great new arena. I actually think you could make arguments for Sac State or Idaho. I think Montana State's the worst job on this list, only just because the challenges and the, the mediocrity is has such a huge sample size, and the success has one piece of sample size, and it has all to do with this one guy who's the guy that just left. See, I would argue that's also hugely the case for the other two jobs. I mean, I think uh, okay. you, make, you make it seem what Mark Campbell has done at Sac State seem really simple, and in a lot of ways, it was. Right. Mark Campbell's also just one of the best recruiters in the country. Well, no question. And has been, you know, saying you can get right. transfers to come to Sac State because they want to come to California is one thing. They've always had a lot of transfers. None of them were collegiate dean or is no that. You're totally right. And the same thing sort of at Idaho, right? I mean, John Newley took a program that was mediocre and and turned them into a very good team and not only and did that in his own way, right? I mean, with the offense that they ran, yeah. with the kind of players that he brought in, I just think it's going to be a hard act to follow all three of those. At Montana State, though, you're going to have more resources to do it. Well, that, that's right, and, and you have uh, one of one of the best athletic directors in the Big Sky, Leon Costello. He is a basketball guy first and foremost, so you know he has done such a good job of elevating the level of resources that Montana State had previously, to, and so that was a huge part of Danny Sprinkle's success uh, as well. We're going to talk more Sprinkle, more basketball in hour number two, but I, I can't believe that I hadn't told you this yet. It's Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for one lucky winner coming up. They are the best wings in Missoula. Don't believe me? Well, it's been voted on by the Missoula wing-consuming public for uh, more than a decade. Best wings in Missoula year in and year out down there at the Despo. Uh, So we will give you the opportunity to win a basket of wings on the other side. We'll also talk some NBA and give you some history lessons. Nuanas now rolls on. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? 
I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, um, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. I hope Tommy's listening. This is one of our endless arguments. Tommy does not like John Mayer. I do. So I play John Mayer from time to time. And then hope Tommy's listening. And then hope he bursts in the radio studio and tells me how John Mayer stinks and I need to get a, a, a grip and maybe go listen to the White Album. Nuance <laughs> now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. As we do every Wednesday, and we have for 11 plus years. Time now for a Wing It Wednesday. Wing It Wednesday is presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Every Wednesday, we give you the opportunity. To win a dozen wings from the Despo. It's located there on Russell Street, right across uh, the street from the YMCA. They have outstanding burgers, fries, great draft beer selection, but the wings are what keep you coming back for more. It's what keeps the Despo so famous. Give us a call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. We got a dozen wings for you to the Despo Sports Tavern and Grill. Call number 4 Triple eight one zero two nine. Makes the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All right, we've come to the end. I have been going through this awesome book that my mother gave me, The Greatest Sports Heroes, The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes by Mac Davis. Circa 1954 is the copyright. It's been a fascinating exercise in how legends uh, endure, how legends fade, and how legends... Uh, hang on or, or maybe completely disappear from the, the American lexicon and from our collective minds. There's plenty of athletes in here from, you know, 60, 80, 100 years ago that I knew about, that I, that I had heard about, studied. You know, I mean, Babe Ruth, 714 home runs. I mean, you, you know it. It's emblazoned in your mind. Cy Young, 511 wins. They named the award after him for, for Pete's sake. You know, Jackie Robinson... There's some that we knew. Some were a fun reminder, and some were brand new. This 145-page book, and we are now to the very end. I'm going to have to find another piece of fodder to uh, replicate such of an experiment because I do think this is just so fun. And uh, I also just think it promotes great conversation, and I find it interesting. And so if I find it interesting, I think you probably do too. The final athlete in our history lessons... Emil Zatopic, or maybe it's Zatopic. I'm not sure. His nickname is the Incredible Czech. When Emil Zatopic, a soldier in the ranks of the Czechoslovakian army, first entered an official track meet, the experts stared at him with startled disbelief. Look at him, exclaimed one of the track judges. He runs like a man who's been stabbed in the heart. 
So Topic was that unusual sports figure, a self-taught runner. As a soldier, he had spent all his spare time awkwardly running up and down rugged hills of his country while burdened with heavy hobnailed boots and with his soldier's pack on his back. His fellow soldiers were sure he was crazy, but, but Zatopic, the rugged peasant, never stopped, for he was running to catch a dream. His dream was to make himself into the world's greatest runner so that he could escape from obscurity into a happier life of fame. Thus, without form and without training, Zatopic ran and ran, punishing his 165-pound body with clumsy and tireless foot racing. First, the 1948, uh, finally, he caught the dream. He became a hero of the 1948 Olympic Games and a Superman of the same event in 1952. He emerged from the international sports meet with three championships and three world records. For the first time, one man had swept all three of the most grueling Olympic distances, the 5,000 meters, the 10,000 meters, and the marathon. Think of that. The guy ran the 5K, the 10K, and the marathon in one Olympics, got three gold medals, and set three world records. That's ridiculous. 1952 is not that long ago. That is a, a crazy feat in American, or excuse me, in, in human achievement, in human athletic achievement. By the end of 1953... The man that they had mocked as that crazy soldier had showed himself to be the greatest distance runner of all time. For Emil Zatopik, the incredible formless madman was the ugly, straining running style that was no style at all, yet he had set eight world records. At 31, he had held records for the 10,000 meters, the 20,000 meters, and the 30,000 meters, also for the 6, 10, and 15-mile races, as well as for a one-hour run. No other man in history had ever held eight world records in running at the same time. World fame as a runner brought Ebel Zatopik the admiration and love of his people. He became a national hero of Czechoslovakia. At 38, he was still an amazing human running machine, for he was running distance races and marathons all over Europe and winning. So Emil Zatopik was uh, still... Among the cream of the crop, when this book came out, he, he had, had held all of those world records we just talked about when this book was published in 1954. What a great gift. What an outstanding experiment. Uh, I am certainly going to miss dearly uh, our weekly updates and our weekly diving into uh, this awesome 100 Greatest Sports Heroes. I have a whole library over in the corner here if you're watching on SWX Montana Television. To my right-hand side, I have a whole shelf of books there. It used to be behind us, but uh, the ladies around here told me it looked cluttered on the TV. So we adjusted. Hey, I, I just listen to what they say. You aren't here for what we look like. I already know that. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to have to find something else to replace this because that was that was super fun. Uh, thanks, Mom, for the great present. And uh, thanks to you guys, all you fine listeners out there for enduring with me and uh, going through all that. Hopefully it was as fun for you uh, as it was for me. Have you ever heard of that guy, Andrew? Emil Zatopik? I had, yeah. You have? Okay. Because the craziness of the story. I mean, basically convincing yourself to become the greatest distance runner in the world without any training, without any sort of predisposed gifts <laughs> to the to declare you're going to do that and then do that that's that is a, a unbelievably crazy story yeah and he's got a great name as well so like it's sure. a name that you remember when you hear it yeah um and of course what he did at the olympics that year yeah yeah uh, amazing 
We might have to do like a, just a revision of like a top five countdown of who the, the craziest or like most unknown people were uh, in that book. I mean, you should come up with the ones who you had never heard of before yeah, who right. now you will like never forget. Yeah, yeah you right, know? right. That's the best part too is it's such 1950s style sports writing sure. too. So it just makes them seem so deified and heroic. And But the other part is like we touched on, so many of these people – it's this rise of incredible triumph and then this crazy ending of just tragedy. Almost, I would say, more than half the people in this book died when they were like my age in their mid-30s of something horrible. It just shows you how how hard life used to be. Right. Right. And, you know, sort of the, the rise and fall of a great athlete to reach those heights. You, you have to come up really quickly. Do you have to fall just as quickly as well? Uh, interesting, for sure. Uh, is now ESPN Radio. Uh, quickly, we could talk some more NBA in hour number two, but I was texting you during the, the Timberwolves-Lakers game. <laughs> it was a competitive and close game, but it was not a well-played basketball game. The Lakers were getting destroyed. They were down as many as 15 points late in the third quarter. Then Anthony Davis went on a little run to pull the Lakers back close. Then the stretch run was anything but uh, palatable. It was very, very ugly basketball, terrible offense on both sides. It appears that Dennis Schroeder hits a game-winning three from the corner on a great LeBron James pass. And then, inexplicably, Anthony Davis fouls Mike Conley with .2 seconds left on a three. Conley hits all three free throws. The thing goes to overtime. The Lakers end up finishing off, and the Lakers are into the playoffs. But uh, by no means a dominant effort to put the rest of the league on alert by the Lakers. And uh, I thought the Timberwolves looked even worse than that. Well, I turned it on in the middle of the third quarter, and the Timberwolves looked great at that point because they were shooting 50% from three. Carl Anthony Towns was having an incredible game at that point in the third quarter when they're up 15. Did you see the part where they flashed the stat that the Timberwolves have led by 15 or more points 18 times in games that they have lost this year? I did not see that. You would be shocked to know that that leads the NBA. I would. That be, is an right. unbelievable statistic. Um, well, but I was like... Oh, Carl Anthony Towns, is, this is actually a good Carl Anthony Towns game in an important moment. I hate him. I, I know. <laughs> and I know why. I'm justified in that, right? I Sure. He disappears and, and he's so lazy and he drives me nuts. But for two and a half quarters of yesterday's game, he wasn't disappearing. He no, was actually right. the best player on the floor. And then he became the worst player on the floor, got eaten to, to death by Anthony Davis. But that's why he is what he is. That's why he, he's always going to show you the flashes. I get why people think he could or should be good, for sure. No, I get what you're saying. And then, and, you know, Anthony Edwards couldn't contribute anything down the stretch for the Timberwolves either. Their offense just fell apart, uh, you know. The Lakers didn't play all that great offensively down the stretch either, but they were able to get some transition baskets. They were able to get out and run a little bit because the Timberwolves were missing all of these shots. So that juiced the Lakers' offense a little bit. And I just, man, watching LeBron, just such a great reminder of like how much he still is controlling the chessboard, oh, right? Oh, my gosh. I know Austin Reeves shot terribly last night. Dennis Schroeder didn't shoot well aside from the last shot. Malik Beasley didn't really get anything. But just the amount of open threes that they were able to get because LeBron is on the floor and because LeBron is always going to pick the right move, just kind of crazy. I was texting with another one of our good buddies, Nick Tabor, loyal listener around here. He was watching the game too. And we were talking about how 
it's crazy that it took till year 20 and the stretch run of year 20 and an intense play-in playoff game for LeBron to actually look like he finally has a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of tread on the tires. He looked very inconsistent and made a lot of mistakes in the first three quarters of that game. But that's why LeBron James is so brilliant. He just emerges into 2011 version of LeBron, I guess 2015 version of LeBron, some of the passes he throws, you're like, what's going on? Where's he doing? Oh, that guy's wide open. It's a triple skip pass right in the pocket to this guy. I mean, what, they get 10 wide open threes in the fourth quarter because of him having the ball in his hands? I mean, he had the ball 20 seconds left, takes the ball at the top of the key, and then suddenly they're getting a wide, wide open corner three for Dennis Schroeder at the buzzer with, you know, two seconds left or whatever. Just like, man, it doesn't look like he does all that complicated, but he knows exactly how the defense is going to react to what he does and he knows exactly how to take advantage of it. I thought that was a, a, a sweet performance by LeBron. And you know what, Coulter? The little bit of the underdog role fits LeBron really well. A little oh, bit of the, you know, the chink in the armor. Now we can see a little bit of weakness in his game. For sure. It's a really great narrative for him. As I've, as I've written and as I've said before, uh, Superman isn't interesting because he's Superman. Superman is interesting because he's not Superman all the time. That's right. I can't wait to see the dynamic between LeBron James and and John Morant because this is the scenario we're going to see from here forward. LeBron's old. He knows he's old. He also knows he raised all the young guys. That's right. All the young guys, they don't know nothing about Michael Jordan. They were not even alive when Michael Jordan was playing, or they were like two years old, four years old, whatever. I mean, John Morant wasn't alive when Michael Jordan was playing, right? I mean, John Morant's like 23 years old. He's super young. So... All I'm saying is I can't wait to see the psychological game where LeBron's doing little things like picking him up and, and patting him on the butt while also condescendingly talking down to him and playing mind games. And that's just what's going to be so fun about old LeBron moving forward. Well, and LeBron knows that he has to go to Memphis to start this series, and he's got to take one of those two games. Right. And those crowds are going to be crazy. And, of course, the Grizzlies feed off that so much in Memphis. No, it's down ESPN Radio, our one of the books. Congratulations to our winner of our wings, like we do every Wednesday here uh, on Nuanas Now. The Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, diamond you up with 12 wings every single Wednesday. Uh, thanks to all the callers, and uh, congratulations to the winner. War Big Sky Conference talk. Men's basketball in the Big Sky has sent a whole bunch of coaches to the quote-unquote higher level. Danny Sprinkle is the next in line. How have those before him fared? Plus, what does Sprinkle think of his new opportunity at Utah State? We got sound bites from Sprinkle's opening press conference, plus a full deep dive into the history of Big Sky Conference coaches moving up and moving on. Our ESPN roundtable, an in-depth analysis. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.